This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Uh, good morning, one and all. Uh, what a gorgeous morning. Not Charlie? a cloud in the sky. Yes, indeed. And you know, Beautiful. On the drive into uh, work, boy, was it busy. Uh, I came along uh, your dri- your yeah, whole one, <clears throat> one kilometer drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, all around the Prince's Gates, man, oh, man. Yeah, it's craziness. I'll must tell be, you. Must be that the exhibition is open. Well, there's a big parade today. I'm going to get full details and all mention that a little bit later on. Yeah, I noticed a bunch of people in uniform. I, I think it might be the met- Veterans uh, uh, okay. Parade yeah. today. Yep, but was... they've got a beautiful day for it, huh? Just great. Lovely day to be at the X or yes. in the garden Yep. or yep. doing whatever you want but grabbing some sunshine. Okay, let's just for the moment uh, center on those folks who maybe have a coffee in front of them right now and they're sitting down to take a few notes about hmm. what brilliant things you'll come up with. Or, or about what kind of you know interesting details you're going to share with yes, us that's that true. have absolutely nothing to do with gardening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have been chastised already. Very good. <laughs> the phone numbers to reach Charlie Dobbin here at Zoomer Radio. Here it is. For Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-740. 740, our mantra, call early, call often. One question per call, though. And if by chance you are a first-time caller, please let Matt know who's manning the board under the tutelage of Justin today. Uh, There's the little bell that will welcome you to the garden show. And give you your garden wings. Exactly. So you become a bird or a butterfly. (laughs) Or or something. (laughs) Or something that flies around. (laughs) Hey, listen, there's starting, of course, uh, things are going to pick up again as September rolls around. Yep. Um, the Hort Societies get back into the groove and all those crazy meetings start happening again. So I do have a couple of announcements. They are coming in the future. One is September the 9th, 7.30 p.m. in Burlington. The Horticultural Society will be holding their general meeting and flower show. Uh, they meet at the Burlington Senior Center at 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. The speaker is Henke Thiessen, or Thiessen. She's, I think it's a she, actually, a horticulturalist and educator who is speaking on the gardens of Ireland. Refreshments and a draw, of course, all are welcome. And then if you are a rose lover, which Mm. so many of us are, whether we can grow them or not, we love them just to smell them and look at them. The Burlington and Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society meets 
on Sunday, September 13th. So, of course, mm. that is a few weeks. Hence, 2 p.m. at the RBG or Royal Botanical Gardens in the center there. there. Of course, that center is located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. They meet in rooms number one and number two. The guest speaker is Roger Shantz. He is a research technician with the Department of Plant Agriculture at the University of Guelph, and he's also manager of the Guelph Ornamental Trial Garden Program since its inception in 2001. So Roger's going to share some of his experiences with the trial gardens with a special focus, obviously, on roses, because they do have a rose trial growing at the Landscape Ontario headquarters in Milton. And actually, I was there at the open house, the trial open house, um, on Thursday uh, with Roger and a couple hundred other people uh, looking and seeing what's new and exciting and what's coming in the future for both annuals, vegetables, and roses. Uh, the open houses are very fun to go to. Anybody can go. Um, they have a public open house, but they are open as well. You yeah. can't stop the people from walking through. But it's more fun to go during an event because you get a lot more inf- information and background. And uh, and it's a great place to see plants. Great to poke your nose in other people's houses, you know. No, no, but it's not a house. No, 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 oh. no. It's a big um, – the University of Guelph has a big trial garden. Oh, oh so see, this, yes. So this is something that yeah. covers like acres and it's – all, I'll show you some pictures. Yeah. But, and you can just Google trial gardens. They're all over North America. There's over 200 trial gardens. They're trialing or testing plants. And everybody tests the same plants. So whether you're in California or Alaska or Prince Edward Which Island. Which is clever. Yeah, sure. You're all testing at the same time in the same season. And then all the paperwork comes together and certain ones are outstanding in different regions Depending or across on soil, the board. climate, exactly. uh, topography, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Good job. Oh, Good hey, job. Thank you. Ooh, baby. Woo. You're catching it. <laughs> you got the fever now. I got the fever. The, uh, the soil, the climate, he says. Ooh, the precipitation. That's important, too. No, it is, too. Uh, okay. <laughs> Lots more to talk about, but one quick note. Okay. If you have a magnolia tree, go outside and take a close look at your magnolia tree bark, the stem, right. the trunk. <clears throat> well, what could be wrong? There is an insect Uh called scale. It's not a flying insect. It's very small. It's hugging right tight up to the the bark. But it is quite obvious if you've got scale. And the scale population is nasty this year. So, so, you know, insects are in cycles. So how to get rid of it? This is a big year for magnolia scale. So... Crawlers, little babies, yeah. have hatched, but they're hiding underneath their mummies. And their mummies are these little bumps. Bumps, exactly. Yeah. So, what you have to do is go and pick off the mummy bumps. And you can do that with a soft brush. You can do that with your fingers. You can do that with a lot of things. But bottom line is you got to pick those off. You will see eggs. You will see crawlers. Wow. You can spray with soap at this time of year, insecticidal soap. Uh, and you, or you can use a horticultural oil at a summer um, mix. But read all the instructions and never, ever, ever spray at high noon in pure sun. But stay on top of that because magnolia scale decimates or slowly sucks the life out of the, out of the magnolia and will kill them eventually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good tip right off the top. Hey, and we're coming back in moments to talk to Barbara in Collingwood. There's Mary Lou in Oakville and Barry in North York. We'll get to all the folks and have a chat, see what's on their mind as they talk to Charlie Dobbin here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. 916 on a beautiful Saturday morning. 
Uh, oh, Elvis sighting. Well, no, not Elvis, but where he normally hangs out <laughs> up in Collingwood. Okay. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Yeah, go I'm ahead. I'm calling in about rhododendria. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, neighbor nicely gave me about four bushes in mid-July. Mm-hmm. And um, they seem to be doing okay. They've got nice green leaves on them. But I wondered if I should prune them back and when I should do it. All right. So these are rhododendrons that are outside. Did you plant them in the garden? Yes. Okay. Um, So, uh, and they have large, shiny leaves, quite leathery. Right, and they're they're kind of uh, there's not that many leaves on. They're at sort of the end of the branches. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So that's why you're thinking about pruning. Yeah. Right. All right. So this is a very good question. It brings up a kind of a big subject. Rhododendrons are evergreens, what we call a broadleaf evergreen. So if you trim them now, well, number one, we don't do any trimming of our evergreens in August. So no, don't trim them now. Uh, Also, rhododendrons bloom with very showy flowers in the early spring, and they set the flower buds now. So you should be able to go and look at the tips of the branches of the rhodos, and you will see fat juicy buds on the tips that'll get bigger and bigger and bigger as the fall progresses, and those will be the flowers next spring. So, of course, okay. if you trim them now, you would be trimming away next year's flowers. So mm-hmm. we, we never, ever trim anything that's spring-blooming late in the summer or in the fall. So, so no trimming at all. The main thing is to, to plant them in the right spot because rhodos are very specific about where they need to be planted. Number one, they need to not be exposed to the northwest wind, that, that cold, cold winter wind which desiccates and freezes and kills them. So they've got to be in a protected spot, preferably on the eastern side of a building or fence. They need to be in in an acidic soil. So the soil pH needs to be lower than neutral. It needs to be down around the 6.0 level. So we typically amend the soil with lots of peat moss and pine needles and things that will help lower the pH. And uh, you need to avoid a lot of hot afternoon sun on these plants. They need some morning sun or dappled sun, but no hot western sun. And that's all you can do for now. You might, if they make it through the winter, and after they bloom, you may be in a position to consider pruning next spring, post-flowering. But see how they do. For now, just let them settle in and get some roots growing. And and, and make sure they're well watered before the ground freezes uh, as winter approaches. Okay. Okay? Okay. Good luck with that. Thank you very much. Let us know how that works out. Yeah, keep in contact. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, there's our first caller of the Saturday Morning Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here on Zoomer Radio. Out to Oakville we go. There's Mary Lou. Good morning, Mary Lou. Good morning to both of you. And good morning to Uh, you. I I have something that I think is important for all all the listeners because I had an unfortunate experience. Um, I have been stung by yellow jackets once a year for the past three or four years. I got stung a, a month ago. Hands swelled a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, a week ago, I, I got stung again because I have tons of logs and stones oh, and mm. wood in my garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, took a very bad reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, was unconscious. Had to call nine one one. By man. the time the paramedics were here, I had I was unconscious. Wow! And I only had about ten more minutes to go. Yeah, yeah. So I think the doctor said to me that I should have come in. 
after mm-hmm. I'd had numerous things, mm-hmm. and I would have, they could have, you know, given me an EpiPen and, yep. and sent mm-hmm. me to an allergist, etc. Um, so anyway, now, of course, I have an appointment with an allergist. <laughs> I have a, um, an EpiPen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which you're going to wear. And have to cancel my winter holiday in Dominican Republic because you're not exactly close to hospitals there. And I was going for three months. Oh, my. So, but the EpiPen, make sure you wear that on your body when you're out in the garden. Don't I, make sure I it's not in the house. That, but I have a, a big can of wasp killer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now, what I, my question was, but I just wanted to tell my experience because I think it's important for us gardeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, uh, what additionally can I do to get rid of the yellow jackets? Hmm. You won't. Okay. So thing to understand about yellow jackets or wasps or hornets, any of those buzzing insects that drive us nuts at this time of year. Remember how they work. The entire hive dies over the winter. Only the queen survives. And she survives underground or deep in some log somewhere and hibernates for the winter. In the spring, she starts to lay some eggs and some little workers get born and they frantically start building a new hive. So they use some of the wood in your garden. They peel that cellulose and they build the new nest. And meanwhile, the queen is busily laying more eggs. So by the end of August, the population has gone up exponentially from what it was back in the spring. And that's why we notice them now, because each of the hives is got a huge population now because of the way they grow over the season. Okay. My suggestion is a couple things. One is avoid any food outside if you are allergic. Well, one thing you learned is the more you get stung, the more allergic you become. Yes. Apparently my next uh, bite will have an even more exactly. severe reaction. Exactly. Because you are sensitive and now you're so sensitized that all the uh, histamines in your body go ballistic as soon as a, you know, a bit of a wasp sting comes near you. And yeah, exactly. You, c- you could die. So keep that EpiPen on your body. Um, for some people, it's avoiding the garden with anything food-based, any drinks, um, anything, any perfumes, any hairspray, anything that's going to attract them, okay. uh, avoid. The w- other thing I learned, it was a tip given to me at a, at a Hort Society meeting once. A woman said that when she has guests over and they're having a barbecue and all the yellow jackets are going crazy in the food, she learned this tip that you, you get a cheap can of cat food or tuna fish or something, open it up, put it in the far back corner of the garden where nobody's going, <laughs> and while your guests are there, or perhaps while you're working in the garden, have that open can of food out there. They will be very attracted to that, and they will leave you alone. Now, that's oh, clever. So that's it's a good set, idea. setting up a little yeah. bait area to keep them busy and out of your way while you're out there. So any time of the day you can do that. Of course, you wouldn't leave that can of smelly food out for very long because, of course, the ants and everybody would, would go crazy in there. Okay. But, but it's a really good – if you want to get outside for a couple hours, it, it provides you that couple hour, that window. Then send somebody who isn't sensitive to uh, the wasp out to get it because you wouldn't want <laughs> well, to pick in the darn thing. I give up my gardening and that's no. not happening. No, no, no. You know, and the other, but no. they go to bed at night, right? As soon as the sun starts to go down, they all go into the hive. Oh, well, okay. So you know, there's no worry about getting stung once the sun is down. So, I mean, don't worry about sending somebody out there in an in a armored suit to get the, the, the can of tuna. Well, see, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's no, you great. can go out there and get it once the sun goes down or early in the morning. They're very quiet. They don't come out except when the sun is up. Okay. Would an exterminator help in the spring? 
nope, there's not much to exterminate in the spring, right? They're just oh. starting with their building. I mean, I would suggest you stay right on top. Watch them. Like, you will see them coming and going as they're building their nests in your garden early in the spring. And just be vigilant. Watch them. See where they're going. If you see them going into little cracks and crannies in the rock piles or wood piles, get out your wasp spray then. Again, okay, and I, I s- have seen that, and I, that's when I got stung this morning, and I did, or not this morning, yeah. but a month ago, and I, and I got rid of the nest. Right, yeah, and you so. know you get rid of the nest when they're in the nest. So again, that's a sunset spray. Yes, I found that. <laughs> and I was glad because I was just going to charge down there and get rid of them. No, no. Do it when they're in the nest. Otherwise, you're just destroying the nest and then they're really mad. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Mary Lou, what a, what a treat that it was that you called because that's a great warning to a, a lot of gardeners mm-hmm, out there. Great. And yes, also... I have never I've never had an allergy and I'm extremely healthy. This was quite shocking. Well, to I'll me. bet you. I'll yeah. bet. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it through and good luck with the, seeing the allergist and follow the instructions. I will, and thank you for your help. And thanks for your call. Take care now, and I mean that. Take care. Uh, And it was a... Really, an instructive morning here thus far from Charlie. No, that that whole little dissertation about uh, hornets and wasps—that yeah. was great. Thank and, you. Well, People the professor don't... the professor will return momentarily to uh, once again get up to the lectern and uh, give us all <laughs> lessons on life <laughs> and stuff. We'll be we'll be back in just a couple of moments. Barry's on the line from North York. We'll get to you, Barry, right after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, Charlie's all charged up, ready to go again here, <laughs> and uh, we're going to take a little trip out to North York. There's Barry Good morning and welcome to the show, Barry. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I want to tell you that Matthew guy is really great. He informs you all about the call when you're going to be on. Hey. John. I'll tell you. He's there you the go. best. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Thank you on his behalf. Okay. And Charlie, now that I've heard your sense of humor, I think you have as good a sense of humor as Frank. <laughs> oh, I, th- I appreciate that. Well, there Thank you go. You. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> got up especially early because I still need a couple hours of sleep um, to, to call you because um. About a week or so before I went on vacation, which was about three weeks ago, I was calling about Matilda, my what I think is a bamboo plant. Mm-hmm. And um, you had said it was dying and still is. And uh, it said, well, if you take the vase, which is a kind of a tubular affair, and clean it up real well and add um, filtered water, that um, maybe that's the reason why it lasted so long, two weeks while I was on vacation. <laughs> but it's still dying. Matilda's still dying. Oh, no. So yellow, yellow leaves. Yeah, only a couple, though, I was, I, which was very um, uh, encouraging because when I came back, I thought, oh, gosh, maybe it's like completely dead. But it's not. So oh, that's good. Hanging on. But I, I'd, I'd really like it to thrive rather than saying, Okay, which uh, leaf is brown today? Right. Hmm. So, do you see any new leaves at the t- at the top? New tips? Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> hmm. All right. The leaves that are there now are still 
Okay. Well, it's very normal for the older leaves to turn yellow on any plant. It's, as they mature, they turn yellow, they drop off. But this is supposed to happen hand in hand with new growth and new leaves happening typically at the tips of the plant. So in the case of the lucky bamboo or the dracaena you're growing, it would be, yeah, the tips, center, top of the plant. You, It should be on the green side, but it's not, huh? The whole thing. You know, I'm looking at it now. Maybe I, should, I took a picture of it a while ago, so okay. maybe I should um, compare. I don't check it every day. Sorry, right. Matilda. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you should check it every day. Yeah. Matilda's telling talk, you something. And I should talk to her every day, right? That's right. Absolutely. It works. Anything else? Like well, um, well, and are we like, just trying to remember uh, sunshine? It needs to be in a bright spot, but not necessarily direct sunlight. Yeah. No, I closed the drapes um, the last time I talked to you. Okay. Um, not completely, but okay. just enough so. It could uh, have a little, a little bit of sun because um, before I thought it was uh, not having enough sun. So um, I introduced the daughter to it. Bad joke. Um, so, uh, so I actually um, closed the drapes because before I had the drapes way wide open. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, to, just to give you an example of the kind of lights that plant needs, um, pr- sit yourself in a chair beside Matilda, open a book. And if you can read the book without any supplementary lighting in the middle of the day, that's yeah. the kind of light level that Matilda needs. So Mental. enough enough light to, to read by, but not, you know, not blazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, that's basically what she's yeah. been in okay. for two weeks. All right. Give her time. Remember, it's August, right? Yeah. August, even though this is an indoor plant and, you know, what is what do indoor plants know about weather and climate, but they do respond. They are responding. All our indoor plants are responding to the shorter days, the longer nights, and they're slowing down. Isn't they, that amazing? They do yeah. have a, a slow time in the winter, typically. So you won't see tons of new growth now the way you should in March and April and May and June. A friend of mine has suggested, well... You're giving it water, Barry, but you're not giving it any food. Maybe you should put some liquid food in the water. You could, but I would use a very, very dilute um, amount of food. Would that be a miracle Grow type of thing? Sure, or, it could yeah. be a miracle Grow, But, you know, if miracle Grow says, uh, you know, put one teaspoon in, in five gallons, yeah. you're going to put drop. A, yeah, a drop in five gallons, and then you're going to use part of that five gallons to water the plant. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. Well, keep in touch. Keep in touch, Mary. Thank you, too. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Keep us us on tap of what Matilda's doing. That's right. And look after Barry there, Matilda. Thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was great. Uh, 7.33. We have talking um, plants on the show. Exactly. How many garden shows have talking plants on them? Golly, you I got don't me. think I've heard of any. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, Phyllis in Alliston. Good morning and welcome to the show. Yes, uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm calling in regards to my hydrania bush. Um, it hasn't bloomed this year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, he- I did hear that it only blooms every two years. I don't know if that's true or not. No. Okay, so tell me. What, would it's you know on what con- the north side of the house. Okay. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, only leaves this year. I have one hydrangea flower at the bottom of the, mm-hmm. the bush, but mm-hmm. nothing else. So did you plant this plant? No, no. It, yes, I did. Okay. Years ago. Years and years ago. And so it's been there for years and years. And has it flowered much over the years? Last year. Oh, okay. Last year you got a bunch of blooms? Yes. 
As a matter of fact, I took off the flowers and dried them out, and I used oh, them nice. in the house. But nice. um, And were they pink you, or white? Me? What color were they last year? Uh, pink. Pink, okay. So... I think, because you're in Alliston, and it was growing on the north side of the house, that mm-hmm. last, like, not winter, this past winter, but the winter before, that plant was probably covered in snow for a long period of time. Because okay. you probably had lots of snow, and it drifted in up against the plant, and it was under the snow for most of the winter. Which was really good for the plant, because right. as the snow melted, the... Um, the plant had been protected by all that snow, and as spring and summer came on, the plant was able to grow, and most of it was alive because it had been under the snow. And it did very, very well, and you, the flower buds that had formed the summer before survived the winter under the snow. However, this past winter, we had a, or spring, we had a very late frost. And uh, even where I live, south of you, thing, we, had, we were well below zero. And where you are in Alliston, I know you were well below zero. You were probably eight or nine degrees below zero on May 23rd. Mm-hmm. So probably what happened was, again, lots of snow this winter. Plant was in good shape to flower for this 2015 season, but then that late frost frosted off a bunch of the tips, which because the snow had melted by then. Right. I think that's probably what happened. Oh. So it's a fun thing I can give us that like I've never really gave it any, you know, uh, food to you know would that. Next, well, yeah, next spring it would be important to feed, and you should feed all your garden plants in the spring because they're waking up and it's a good time to give them a little boost. And in the case of the hydrangea, would be a flowering plant fertilizer. And the only other thing you would do with that plant is in the spring, as things are starting to wake up, you go out to that plant and you just look for what's alive and what's dead. And with your pruners, excuse me, on a sunny, dry day, you prune out anything dead. That's uh, you what do, I did. I was yeah. going to ask you that because mm-hmm. the, the the little stems that come up, mm-hmm. they were woody, mm-hmm. like, and, and they just snapped off. Right. And so you prune them right down until you okay. get to green. Okay, that's and, what I did. Yeah. And in a, in a perfect world, it's the whole plant is alive, mm-hmm. but mo- for most of us in the spring, some of it is dead. So you right. need to cut out that dead stuff. So okay. beca- And you have an older version of hydrangea, which will only bloom on the growth from this summer now. So okay. next year's blooms are on this year's growth. Okay. And if you end up having to cut it all out because it's dead, you don't get very many blooms. So I don't really touch it until next spring. Next spring when, when things That's are starting to pop. Because okay. I, yeah. I had called you before about it. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I have another question, but I'll uh, call you back again. That, that Good for you. Phyllis, eh? Look at Thanks. that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, the Garden Show. By the way, if you're a first-time caller, uh, please let Matt know, and uh, we'll give you the little welcoming uh, ring of the bell. Uh, and as well, I might as well uh, give out those phone numbers again, Charlie, just in case we have folks tuning in for the first time. Mm-hmm. If you want to reach Charlie on The Garden Show, here's the number for Toronto area, 416-360-0740. And then, of course, anywhere in Ontario, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Going to take a little bit of a break right now and come back to say hi to Wanda in Scarborough right after these words. <laughs> Don't change the radio station. 
Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, uh, might I say, Natalie Attired this morning. Natalie, yeah, I well, like that. Yeah. It's, it's the socks. I well, love I, the socks. <laughs> they match your shirt. They're wacky kind of socks. They're but very they, nice. Yeah, kind of cool. Lime uh, green I'm, with I'm purple trim. I'm all dressed up, actually, for, for my uh, granddaughter, Bailey, uh-huh. uh, who is celebrating her 19th birthday, actually tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, happy birthday party. tomorrow, Bailey. Having a big party today, so my gal Shirley and I are heading on over there to Eat celebrate some ice cream later this afternoon. Lift a beer to her there might 19th. Be a little, there might be a bit of grog that I might have. Yes, yes. I might think so. Someone's going to twist my arm. I know it. I just know <laughs> it. Well, in Scarborough, there is Wanda. Hey, good morning, Wanda. Welcome to the show. Oh, good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Thank you for taking my call. Our pleasure. I'm growing nasturtions, which I like to eat in salads and then try to dry for the winter. Mm -hmm. Now, this year, something is attacking them. The leaves are starting to curl, and when I open them up, there's a little bit of a kind of little black spot, and sometimes white something or other flies out. Mm. Is there something I can do to uh, naturally spray them, or you could you well? All right. So when an insect is roll like rolls the leaf around themselves, yes. they, they'll often put a little bit of a webbing. It's because they are going to the next stage of their life cycle. So it's like a little larva or worm is going to pupate and then emerge with wings. So whether it's a little winged butterfly or moth or whatever it turns into, that is is why they'll curl that leaf. So if you sprayed with any of the sprays that are available to you, like a soap spray, for example, all that would do is give the, the plant a nice clean wash. Oh. Because the, the soap sprays work by contacting the insect. So when they're rolled up like that or they're in, uh, also inside a web, that soap won't, won't get through. No. So the main thing I would do, are the nasturtiums in the ground or in pots? No, they're in the ground. Okay. I have some at the back facing south. Mm-hmm. And then the ones at the north were good until just a few days ago. And now they're doing the same thing. And I wonder if just picking off the ones that are curled and throwing them out. Exactly. The operative word being throwing them out. Don't keep those leaves on the property. No. Right? And and remember what nasturtiums love. They love hot and they love dry and they love horrible soil. Right. <laughs> you know, the you worst. Can water them more. Don't don't water them whatever you do. It's it's probably because of the big rain we just had. So now the 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 earth is full of moisture. The, of course the insects are taking advantage of this lovely conditions. Yeah. But from a nasturtium's perspective, it's not so happy when it's so moist. I always say, you know, if you have a patch of gravel or a place where nothing grows, uh-huh. grow nasturtiums there because they will grow in gravel, they will grow, you know, they just oh, the wow. most horrible conditions they're at their happiest and you never fertilize them because if you do you get a lot of leaves don't fertilize and you'll get a lot more flowers and so drying them is it better to hang them by the little uh, stems or just flat on paper i would go flat on a um on something that's not paper preferably like an old screen or something that's poor that the air can be on both sides that's usually your best way of drying but but just you know lots of sun dry conditions for the best growth no fertilizer for the best flowering yes i haven't had this happened before and i think it's because i had fertilized and then because it was dry Mm -hmm. 
That I was kept good. Watering them to keep them alive. All right, but that's the thing. You think you should water them, but don't. Don't. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. Enjoy your nasturtiums. We love them at our house. We grow them every year. Okay, that's great. Right. Good advice offered once again here on Zoomer Radio Timeless Hits and, of course, the Garden Show, too. Uh, let's, oh, hey, we're going out to Barry to Ooh, uh, yes. a first-time caller, Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have... About 15 years ago, I was given three little stems of pussy willow, mm-hmm. and it was they were dried, and I put them in a mason jar in the corner of the kitchen. They got roots on them. I planted it in the yard, thinking I was getting a little pussy willow bush. <laughs> 15 years later, that it's a tree higher than a two-story house. Uh, no kidding. Wow. Common? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what they, how they grow. We love our willows. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the right conditions, obviously, you've, you've got us planted the pussy willow in a spot where it's getting adequate moisture because they yes. do love their moisture. Uh, where we see them naturally growing along streams and tributaries of rivers. So whether it's weeping willows or pussy willows, any of the willows are become a huge plants very quickly in the right conditions. Oh, well. I thought it was something. I didn't know what to do about it. It just kept growing and growing. <laughs> I know. It's the old, get out the chainsaw and tell, let that plant know who's boss. Okay, dear. You and might, thank you both very much for your time and expertise. You're welcome. But don't, Gloria, don't do any huge trimming. I wouldn't recommend trimming it this fall. If you can, I would wait till next spring. Okay, and, dear. And literally chainsaw. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you kindly for your time again. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye now. I think that was one of the most polite callers we've ever had. I think so, too. Yeah, and and you, she was Gloria. a first-timer. I think she should yes, call again. absolutely. Welcome anytime, absolutely. Gloria. Uh, well, another first-time caller. Let's see if, how polite Barbara is. Let me see. In St. <laughs> Catharines. Hello, Barbara. Good morning, Charlie and, and Frank. Good morning. Um, I have milkweed in my garden that I try to keep bees and butterflies and that around. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, I have a different kind of but uh, milkweed, it didn't get any flowers, or it, and it uh, is kind of bushy, has multiple stems. Mm-hmm. It's a, a lighter and darker green leaf. It doesn't grow very tall, but I broke the stem, and it does have the milk just like the milkweed does. And I was wondering, have you... <laughs> well, okay, so what I would say to that, there are two kinds of milkweed that we grow in Ontario. Uh-huh. Okay, one is called swamp. Okay, the, the proper name is Asclepius. So A-S-C-L-E-P Asclepius P-I-A-S I'm just typing this into the computer as I'm saying it. So there are there, see this? I'm just showing Frank. If yeah. you, do you have access to a computer, Barbara? Uh, yes, I do. If you um, Google uh, Asclepius, A-S-C-L-E-P-I-A-S. There's um, Incarnata or Syriaca. Those are the two that we grow in Ontario. One is considered more of a swamp milkweed, and it will grow more in, in moister locations with the orange flowers. That's the tuberosa. And then the pink flowers is the Incarnata. And uh, conditions they like are a little bit different. I... 
I've seen a lot of people growing a lot of milkweed this year. Um, The fact that you're not seeing a lot of bloom is a bit odd, but it could just be. Is it a brand new plant? You just planted this year? Yes, they showed up this year. I mean, Uh, I've never planted milkweed, but it just five years ago showed up in my garden. And I've left it because I want to encourage them. Sure, absolutely. Any of the pollinators and particularly the butterflies. Because we know milkweed is the one plant, the only plant, that monarch butterflies eat. And we know that monarch butterflies are in decline and a lot of that is put down to lack of food. So if if each of us had at least one milkweed in our gardens, which for some of us might turn into a full garden of just milkweed, um, it does provide that landing spot and potentially that spot to uh, chew. Because of course what the butterflies are going to do, the larvae are going to do is eat the plant. So, you yeah. know, you don't spray when you see the leaves disappearing. No, I don't put anything on my garden, yeah. on my yard, period. Yeah, I am, um, well, I mean, and you're sure it's a milkweed for sure, just based on the leaves, the, the shape, etc.? I'm, it, because of the milky substance, I thought it must be a milkweed, and it seems to be coming up everywhere. Okay, you know what? You should take a photograph and send it to me. Okay. Because lots of plants have a milky um, juice. That's it doesn't make it a milkweed just because it's got a milky juice. Oh, I see. All right. Frank's going to give my email address. Okay. Right. Have I you got a paper that. and pencil there, Andy? Barbara? Yes, I am. Oh, very good. Okay. Here's what you write down. It's C. Dot yes. Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. And okay. send that, and uh, she'll be able to take a look at that, that picture you'll, you'll be sending. Yeah, and, show me the leaves. Like, show me mm-hmm. a close-up, if you can, of the leaves, and even a second picture of the, the whole plant in profile. It's, it oh. does help a little bit just to try and figure out what you've got going on there. But um, if it's not flowering, it's certainly not going to provide seeds and do a lot of spreading. But if it's grow- some other invasive plant, we should figure out what it is. Maybe it's come with soil that I've put down. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Never know. Okay. Well, we, we, have, <laughs> we have to scoot. Uh, but but thank you so much for uh, giving us a ring, Barbara, and keep in yeah. touch. Okay? Thank All you. Right. Uh, and, oh, you know, I love it. Patrolman Proctor just loves it when <laughs> when uh, the listeners uh, pay attention to the road rules here. Because remember, we had a call earlier in the show from Phyllis in mm. Alliston. Well, she's called the second time. Excellent. So, you see, that works. Call early, call, call often. often. One question per call. And, son of a gun, we're going to be answering that question. We, the royal prerogative. We, yeah, yeah. We I'll rely on you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a little break here. All right, yeah. You, t- you take it easy for a moment. We'll be talking to Phyllis very shortly. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Sue, Chef of the Garden, Frank Proctor, delighted to say for the second time this morning. (laughs) Hello, Phyllis and Elliston. Welcome to the show. Yes, hello again. Would you like to come over for coffee? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. We'll get in the car after the oh, show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anyways, it's in regards to um, a corkscrew bush I mm. have. Is it a hazel bush or a... I don't know exactly the name of it. I just know it was told to me it's a corkscrew, corkscrew, but what else it's named, I don't know. What color is the bark or what shape well, are the Well, the leaves? leaves are quite big, but... I don't know if they're supposed to wrinkle up the way they do. Oh, they are, yep. If it's a corkscrew hazel, which I think it is, then okay. uh, I think you'll find that it's actually doing just fine. Well, it's tell me a bit that. about the wrinkling. What do you mean? 
Well, like, you know, they're, they're all kind of folded up. They're not flat. Um, well, it is a, a hazel. I mean, partly it's, it's – I'm just bringing it up here so uh, – Frank can see what we're talking about. So, yeah, yes, the leaves actually kind of droop. They kind of curl around. Right. They are very deeply veined, and that's completely normal. Oh, okay. Yeah, they almost look like they're dry, but they're not. Like if they're, you know, they need water, but they probably don't. But there wasn't that many leaves on it this year, mm-hmm. like on one side of it. And uh, the the twirl of the branches, mm-hmm. or the whatever they, they're mm-hmm. called, they're... Um, uh, hardly any leaves came on it this year. Mm-hmm. So I was told to put 2020 okay. fertilizer because yep. I had never fertilized it. Okay. And so was that a good idea? Yeah, or? and you did that in the spring? Yes, I did it in the spring. And did you remove any of the what was clearly dead in the way of the uh, twisty, curly yes. branches? Okay. And watch if you get any straight branches or straight growth. Okay. Remove that right from the base, from where it's coming from. Because sometimes okay. you will get straight growth, and once that happens, then you won't get any more curly. Okay. All right? And, and just so you know, don't feel bad. A corkscrew hazel are funny plants. They can do really, really well for 20, 25 years, and then all of a sudden die. They are oh. not long-lived, and they are quite susceptible to changes around them, whether it's moisture or temperature or wind or anything. Right. They do get some diseases, and they are somewhat edible, but from the insect's perspective. So they, they are a really interesting plant, quite sculptural, obviously, in the winter particularly. But, uh, but don't be surprised if there's a bit of dieback in the spring. And fertilizing was a good idea. What about... To take care of it for the winter. I've never done that, but you know, I'm kind of getting worried about it now, so what would you suggest? No, all I would do is once we're into real winter and the leaves have fallen off, yeah. gather some leaves from your garden when you're raking and from your that are falling on the lawn, etc., and put a pile of leaves around the around base the of the bottom. plant. Yeah, okay. a couple inches. That sounds good. Okie doke. Okay, thanks Phil. a lot. You have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, you too. And uh, in the remaining time that we have... Uh, I'm sitting beside a future television star. Future, future and past. Well, well, and past. Yeah, but yeah. it's nice to see you rejuvenating uh, <laughs> yes, yes. your career in, in well, television. Well, no, this is not this is not really a career. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say that um, next Friday mm-hmm. there is a television crew arriving up from Buffalo from WNED. Uh, public television right. in Buffalo. They're doing a, a garden special, a one-hour garden special, which will air next spring, and they're going to be talking to some various garden experts about what's tried and true and what did our grandmothers and grandparents do that we've kind of lost along the way. So it's kind of reinvigorating some of you know the old what's old is new again idea. So they'll be visiting my garden to talk about wise watering and also just about some tips and techniques for being effective in the garden. And um, so I'm looking forward to that next Friday. Yeah, that's terrific. And hopefully they'll have the cameras trained on the many cats that visit your backyard. <laughs> yes. Many cats, yes. I have a cat-friendly garden, there's no question. But I I did want to yeah. just send out a quick shout out to Stanley, whose name is going to last name is going to uh, completely leave my brain. But I know Stanley's listening, so hi Stanley, and thank you for the beautiful planter. Yeah, that, Charlie was telling me about it. Yeah, and I was going to bring it in for Frank, but then I thought, no, 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 I need this planter because it's going to look great beside my rain barrel when the TV crew arrives. Oh, it's so perfect because it's all kind of for shade. And he put together this beautiful planter with calabium. Just bumped and, into you the other day. Yeah, and, and just happened I to have something for you. 
in just, the car. Yeah, exactly. Just happened to have this lovely planter that he said, do you want? I went, absolutely. And I thought, well, maybe I'd bring it for you. But no, no, no. You you can have it after the TV crew oh, leaves. Okay? Very good. Uh, in the meantime, it's going to have a place of honor right there beside my rain barrel. Okay. Okay. Always a pleasure. Charlie, thank you for another great show. And you too. So you're here back again, I think? Two o'clock, guys. Yes. You'll be here with Timeless Hits on Zuma Radio. Ooh, that's good for you. You're yeah. timeless kind of a guy. I, I certainly am. There you are. <laughs> so have a, have a good show later today. Thanks so much, Frank. Couldn't do it without you. Welcome, Charlie. And Matthew. Excellent job. job, And thanks to all our great callers, even the the second time callers. That was good. First, second, third. Phyllis. So, yeah, thanks again, and see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.